This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. It, can you feel it in the air? <laughs> no. Do you not know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the era of fashion week. Oh. <laughs> Are you not? I thought you were doing like a Phil Collins thing. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, but can you feel it? Like, it's fashion week. The city is like buzzing right now. Yeah, no. That's like really amazing. <laughs> I love it. This is like my favorite time of year. This is this is your Christmas. <laughs> Something like that. It's like almost like my birthday. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's like amazing. I'm a huge fan. Happy Woot Woot Wednesday to you, sir. Happy Woot Woot Wednesday to you, husband. How are you? I'm not abuzz with Fashion Week, but I'm well. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, you would think that after 10 years, I would get you to like be kind of excited about it, but it's just not happening, huh? It's, it's not. It's no, crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I'll go to things with you. Yeah, we went to a Fashion Week event on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? It's interesting. It's a, <laughs> the word I use every year. If we do stuff, it's yeah. interesting. I yeah. mean, I get it. I don't. I don't understand the purchasing of clothes that you cannot wear for everyday use. I just don't get it. Well, I mean, no. There's event clothes. Like there's you have your like normal everyday stuff, but then there's like things that are like, ooh, I have an event that I'm going. Other to. than Fashion Week, name an event you would wear some of those clothes to. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of like you got to remember those are like wealthy people, so there are like galas and and all types of stuff that they like have to go to that they have to be like super like special or like really cool to go to or mm. do stuff like that. We just we just don't have that social calendar. Thank God. That's that's what it really is. But it's funny. It's funny you say that because I literally have a shirt in my closet. It's this black. It's like all black sequin dress shirt. Like it it's all sequin. Mm. And I literally bought it to go underneath my tuxedo. But like <laughs> I, I don't go to events. I, I, I like haven't worn my tuxedo and God knows how long. It's so true. like I don't even like but I just bought that one shirt <laughs> so that I could wear for that. Like so we just don't have the social calendar, but it's fun. Yeah, I love I'm okay it. With it. We um I was even telling you that I need to start getting because when we first met, I was like all about like reading my ma- I mean, I still have a massive collection of like GQ and detail magazines and all that stuff. And I used to be like nose deep in reading them every single week like just learning things and and trying to find that stuff out and I got busy and I stopped <laughs> I stopped reading them as much still have the subscription but just don't necessarily read it as still often still paying anymore. for it yeah <laughs> but I told myself that I'm going to get back into doing it cuz it really is my love I really well, do you enjoy should it. you should you should do things that you enjoy I do I will anything else been going on having a good week so far so good you I am hanging in there. <laughs> it is a good time. I cannot believe it's September. I can't either. It's insane, but yeah. it's a good time. We're a sleigh ride. We got like a month until we're in Punta Cana. I can't wait. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we have a couple things happening before then. What? Well, I have a couple things happening, and so do you. So I'm taking my brother. He's moving to Vegas. 
Yeah. So we're going to take that trip together. Hi, Tom. And then, um, and then cousin Tim is getting married. Cousin Tim, yes. And then we're going to Punta Cana. Yeah, yeah. We just have a lot of stuff going on. It's fun. It's going to be a good old time. I can't even. I mean, we're going to turn around and it's going to be here. And I can't. I wait. don't even know what I'm going to do with myself. So I know what I'm going to do with myself. I know relaxation station. Exactly. Love it. Anyways, what say you? We hop into our hashtag gay relationship goals for the week. Only if you brought your pogo stick. I think I may have. <laughs> um, as a reminder, every week, Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Tag us on some of your adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Our handle is at pod relationship. Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. This week, we are highlighting a couple that, what, as of 9-7, which was last Saturday, are actually a married couple. Congratulations! Congratulations. Welcome to the Gay Married Men's Club. Mm. We have your jackets in the mail. <laughs> um, they will get to you soon. Um, no, so we're very, very excited to highlight on Instagram at David and Patrick. Um, they are adorable. You can also follow them individually. David's is at David B. Wells. And then Patrick is at Pat underscore Howard two two. And um, that is on Instagram as well. Um, I liked this couple and it was really funny. Tony and I were talking about them prior to uh, the episode. And Tony was like, you know, this is kind of um, this is kind of one of the most like Un, like very like under the radar kind of couples that I think we've ever highlighted before. Hmm. There's kind of like a, a simplicity to them and like a very uh, like a normalcy to them um, that is very very interesting. And I was telling him that that is the exact reason why I picked them. I, I think as I said to him, I like them because they're like the gay guys that like work in your office, hmm. but like they're like they're so attainable, and I really really enjoy that about them. And so that's why I picked them. Um, David and Patrick live in Palm Springs, um, and they are engaged. At the time we're recording this, they're engaged, but they got married on Saturday 9-7, so we're very excited about that. And they are uh, honeymooning in Thailand. Which is great. I just think that's so awesome. Yeah, I would love to go to Thailand. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. Um, We have a friend that literally spends like half the year in Thailand every year, and maybe we should tag along in one of his suitcases or something totally fine how cool is that yeah um but i love this couple they're just so normal and Mm -hmm. i just love that there's just such a like a normalcy to them they're just so in love you can tell that they're like really into each other like but you can also tell that they have so many adventures together that just consists of like going to the grocery store Right. (laughs) And that's like and that's like an adventure for them and they love it and they do it together with one another and they're happy to be with each other and it makes them excited to do it together. And that's what's really cool about it. That's why I was really fascinated by them is that there's there's no like. I don't know. There's no hoopla. There's There's no pretense. No, there's nothing like, you know, they saw Hamilton together. 
Um, and that was fun for them. Like they took pictures with their favorite ice cream, <laughs> you know, their favorite ice cream cones and, you know, the, you know, them in pool on pool floaties and like in the middle of the pool, like there's just, and then, oh, like, here's the one picture of us like being dressed up for an event. Like, you know, they're, they're just, I don't know. I just find them like so adorable and it, I just thought that they were really cool. Yeah. That is the word adorable. It's absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is what I would say for them. And yeah, they are. They're just. They're just the guys that like you were you went out and you saw them at a bar and you started chatting them up and you became friends. Like it's just they're just really they just look really neat. Yeah, they don't like they're not overdoing it. Like they're Mm -hmm. not all muscled out and ripped and they're not all like tan and and you know they're pretty tan. Well they're tan. It looks like they spend (laughs) a lot of time outside, which is great. But like they're you can tell that they're just not like overdone and mm-hmm. i and i just really appreciated that um they did have a really great quote uh that i did want to read the, it, it was the proposal post mm-hmm. um where they did that which was really good i'm not going to go through it all um because um it's really long <laughs> and it's literally like an itinerary of what ended up happening but i did want to read the very end where it says one of my good friends and I always called each other before we went on first dates and said, this could be my, my last first date. And I'm so happy it was. And I thought that that was super cute. That was Patrick's side of the story, but I just, it's cute. I like that they have the Patrick side of the story and (laughs) yeah. And I just loved that because like, that's just that whole concept is like really, really adorable. Mm -hmm. Like this is my very last first date. Like how cute they're just adorable. I'm a huge fan of them. And I think all of you guys will be fans of them too. So make sure you're following them on Instagram. Again, they are at David and Patrick, and that's on Instagram. Um, and you can also follow their individual profiles at David B. Wells and at Pat underscore Howard 22. And that is on Instagram as well. Um, follow them, love them, tell them the Cretelli sent you because I promise you guys are going to love them. We are going to take a very short break, but when we come back, we are going to try to solve the world's problems, Cretelli style. Hello, listeners. As you may have heard, Tony and I have a weekly after show on IGTV called Relationship. <laughs> Get it? Relationship? Relationship? Oh what? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. Okay. Every week, Marco and I will talk about the podcast topic, the things we learned, and the way to use it in our relationship day-to-day. Yep, our goal is to put a face to the topics and our message, as well as give you some extra relationship content and guidance. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. We are at podrelationship. And tune in every Wednesday. After you've listened to the episode. (laughs) Yes, on IGTV for our weekly after show, Relationship. Comment, like it, tell your friends. All support is greatly appreciated. We look forward to having you see us there. (laughs) Bye. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation, and I don't know um, that you and I actually have a ton of insight, not be, not being a, a married couple, you know, like it, it's a little bit different of a circumstance for us, but it is still important to talk about in general 
um, and that is sexual health, mm-hmm. right? Um, and making sure that if you're out there and, and you're laying between the sheets with with other bodies, that you are taking care of yourself and, and in being In those healthy. streets and in those sheets. In those streets <laughs> and in those sheets for shizzle. Um, no one says Did that anymore. Just, okay, yep, moving no on. No one says that anymore. Okay. Um, no, but I think that this is a really important conversation. And again, we're a married couple. And, you know, truth be told, Tony and I... Um, what was it? About two years ago, right? Is when we did our last test. I think it was more like four. Okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. But it was really interesting because... Uh, we were t- both nervous. We were both super nervous. Mind you, Tony and I have not been sleeping with anybody else over this entire time period. Um, but we did it and we essentially said that like the last time we did it was going to be like the last time that we do it. Uh, for the most part, just because we are in a committed relationship, we trust one another. So we don't necessarily know that we need to continue getting tested. Although my doctor put it very well. He said, how do you know? Because I told him, I said, we're monogamous, so we don't need to get tested. And he said, how do you know? Yeah. And I, and I definitely, I didn't even have a second of doubt, but I definitely was like, eh, you know, he makes a good point. Like, oh no, it's a super valid point. Shit makes happens, a good point. right? Like it, it shit happens. So like, I'm not denying that, um, but I also think that you and I have the type of relationship where we would say to each other, like, we should probably get tested. <laughs> like, yeah, you and I would definitely, I would tell you, and I and I believe you would tell me 100%. if something happened. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, um, and I just but think as the, that's as the research and the articles that we're going to present today will show, uh, you should not follow that advice <laughs> from us. No, don't. Uh, you should get tested frequently, and we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. Um, but I wanted to start this conversation um, by just talking about a couple of facts that I gathered from uh, Lighthouse, which um, it's like lighthouse.com, and it's 10 stats you need to know about LGBT healthcare. Um, well, well, and just tell people lighthouse.com is a LGBTQ plus um, organization that is about affirming care. Yes. And about like, you know, integrating LGBTQ needs into healthcare. 100%. Yeah. Um, so the number one statistic that's on there or fact that's on there is that more than 50% of LGBT people experience some form of healthcare discrimination. Um, 56% of LGBTQ individuals have confronted discrimination while seeking medical treatment, whether it be the absence of proper gender des- uh, designation or m- on medical intake forms or blatant refusal to provide specific and necessary services. Um, so that is crazy. It says, in fact, one in four queer people have reported encountering some form of medical discrimination in the last year alone. Yeah, and that's what my research showed was the number was more like one in four. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, number two, one in five trans people have been denied health coverage simply because of their trans status. Mm-hmm. Um, a recent survey by the National Center for Transgender Equality and the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force found that 19% of trans and GNC people, that's gender or non-conforming people have been refused care outright because they were transgender or gender non-conforming. What's more, doctors routinely use abusive language and overtly transphobic terminology, ignore the specific medical needs of trans and GNC individuals, and often use shame and normative gender slash sexual assumptions to alienate these patients during visits. 
which mm-hmm. is just sad. Yeah. Um, number three, beyond overt discrimination, more than half of trans individuals report encountering a significant lack of provider knowledge. Right. Um, the same survey found that more than 50% of respondents reported having to explain certain aspects of transgender specific medical necessities to their healthcare providers, which is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have to go to a super specialist, not just a specialist. And, you know, this is, it's just not acceptable. Yeah. Um, at the very least, healthcare providers need to educate themselves on where to get education. So even if they aren't going to be able to serve the population directly, they need to know, like, here's where you can go that does take your insurance that's not far from here that can help you better than I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They at least need to, to do that. And there's growing, um, there's growing requirements around this you'll see from the different um, insurance and accrediting organizations um, since probably it's it's unfortunate it's only as recently as like 2011 when these standards started coming out um, that like you in order to be accredited by some of these agencies or in some of the cases in order to um, be eligible to uh, bill the insurance companies for some of the managed care organizations um, they require a, a litany of things and the LGBTQ plus stuff is just starting to make its way in there got it Number four, 28% of trans and gender non-conforming people have postponed medical care when sick or injured due to discrimination and disrespect. As a result of consistent discriminatory practices and a dearth of, I don't know that word. Dearth, yeah. Dearth Mm -hmm. of provider knowledge related to trans care. Many trans folks simply uh, avoid seeking treatment for obvious and urgent health problems. So that's really, really sad. Number five. LGBTQ people of color are more than twice as likely to avoid a doctor's office than a white LGBTQ individual. Different forms of discrimination can often compound each other to exacerbate negative results. According to a recent survey from the Center for American Progress, LGBTQ people of color are more than twice as likely to avoid the doctor's office than white LGBTQ individuals. Findings that are consistent with research that has identified patterns of healthcare discrimination against people of color and disabled people. Mm-hmm. Insane. Yep. It's crazy. Number six, 75% of lesbians report delaying or avoiding health care. Research shows that lesbians have vastly lower rates of consulting family doctors and are less likely to have a have had a pap test compared to heterosexual women. Um, Number seven, when women uh, when someone has one experience of health care discrimination, they are three times more likely to postpone care in that year. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem of discrimination is self-perpetuating to the extent that one instance of discrimination in a healthcare setting makes a patient three times more likely to to postpone care in that same year. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Number eight, only 16 percent. Of LGBT patients choose to inform their doctor of their sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Because LGBTQ patients have been conditioned to expect discrimination, the degree to which they elect not to inform their doctors about their sexual orientation is staggering. Um, but the truth is, doctors just aren't asking. <laughs> Which is even worse. It's interesting because they talk about a study where the providers actually thought that about 80% of people wouldn't disclose. And in that study, only 10% said they wouldn't. And in this other study that they're talking about, it's only 16%. Um, But and that that's really problematic because you are at increased risk of things 
by being in same-sex relationships. You just are. Like there are there are different sets of issues that you have to deal with. So for men, it's you are much more likely to get exposed to a number of STIs that are like really problematic, including HIV, because of the nature of anal sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and for women, there is there's a lot of information about. Um, uh, infection control that needs to be communicated that wouldn't be if someone assumed you were heterosexual. Mm. Um, it's so crazy. there's all kinds of stuff that well, just I, needs to be talked about. And I remember you and I both found that we both have gay primary care physicians. Yep. Totally by um, accident. And totally by, I mean, mine was kind of. Oh, yours was on purpose. Kind of on purpose. Yeah, mine was on accident. Yeah, I kind of, I just, you know, as, as a, you know, a gay man, as a, you know, a married gay man, I just found it very important to be in the presence of another gay man because I knew he would ask me the right questions. Mm. I knew he would ask me things that, again, only a gay man to a gay man is going to ask regarding your sexual health um and those things are really important and he always gives me the tests that are necessary that you would just give a gay person Mm. that you would not give a heterosexual person um because you don't need to worry about it so i always get like my panel like my blood panels and he always runs things like just random things um and you know thankfully they all come back negative or Mm -hmm. and they're good but um, it, it's just amazing that he does that because I don't think that a heterosexual doctor would or even care to, you know? Yeah. Um, number nine, in 2015, 80% of first year medical students expressed implicit bias against gay and lesbian people and 50% expressed explicit bias. Uh, wondering why LGBT people choose not to volunteer information about their sexual orientation or gender identity. A 2015 survey revealed that a vast majority, 80% of first-year medical students, demonstrated implicit bias against LGBT patients and half expressed explicit bias. Such attitudes are only reinforced as students progress through medical school programs, with most medical schools dedicating a mere five hours to LGBTQ-specific training. And that five-hour training didn't exist a few years ago. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really terrible. That's insane. Number 10, more than 175 anti-LGBT healthcare laws were proposed in 32 states around the U.S. in 2016. The cause of these discriminatory attitudes are in many ways systemic and will require reform at the level of government and institutional operation. In 2016 alone, more than 175 LGBT, uh, anti-LGBTQ laws were proposed in 32 states around the U.S., almost 10% of which sought to deny protections and access to relation in relation to health care. So those are just a few facts, um, just in terms of like helping everyone understand like how important it is to seek the right doctors, especially within the LGBTQ community, seek the right doctors and physicians to take care of your problems, how important it is to be um, open and honest about your uh, identity and who you are uh, and you, you know know that you there the chances of being discriminated against are high Um but use that information to be able to actually go seek a, a doctor that is going to be able to properly take care of you and is not going to deny you the service that you need. Mm, and even if you live in an area where you don't think such doctors exist, um, telehealth uh, has become uh, much more standard across the country. Um, and a lot of insurance companies will pay for it. And actually, a lot of them understand the uh, shortage of expertise in LGBTQ 
uh, in certain areas. And so the waiver process um, is expedited by the fact that you have this, unfortunately, condition. Uh, uh, and they don't mean it as a condition like a medical or a mental condition, but like a condition in order to uh, go to that step. You know, it's sort of a, um, you know, a, a pre-authorization or a requirement. Um, but by having that, you get to jump into getting that approved. So you can do like a Skype uh, with a primary care doctor who, um, you know, does have some expertise in this area. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I'm going to get into uh, a few other things. Um, first stop is the Center for Disease Control because I Yay. feel like. <laughs> I hope I, you packed a lunch. I love a good um, <laughs> CDC conversation because for all for all the the things we might think about a government run um, disease or epide- ep- epidemiology. Um, government institute, uh, there is a lot of good scientific facts here, and there is a um, uh, quite a bit of you know just sort of straightforward proposal. Um, so the group of people we're talking about right now are uh, gay men, bisexual men, and other men who have sex with men. And that other group um, is people who don't identify as gay, but maybe they are quote unquote gay for pay, um, or maybe they were uh, not complicit um, in the uh, sexual act. Um, so those groups of people have higher rates of HIV and other STIs, tobacco and drug use, and depression. And the mm. depression is something we don't really talk about, and we should. Um, depression in men is, like, underreported and undertreated, period. But depression in gay men um, is at, actually at an even higher rate than the rest of the population. Um, and the reasons that, you know, you may not go, we've already covered... Uh, this a lot about the homophobia, the stigma, the discrimination, the lack of access, um, you know, fear of losing your job, etc. So there's all sorts of reasons why not only are you more at risk, but you're also um, you're also less likely to seek care. But it's important that you do um, just a few statistics. Um, some of this information is a little bit older. Um, but in 2010, um, over 72% of new uh, HIV infections were from 13 to 24-year-old uh, men who have sex with men. Um, and in 2012, 75% of the reported syphilis cases were among these um, folks. Uh, now, I will tell you that more recent data does show that actually the most at-risk group is no longer gay men. It's the elderly because senior citizen and skilled nursing facilities and things like that are becoming more and more common. And the old folks is getting it on and they ain't wearing condoms. Good for them. So the majority of new cases of all of this stuff, actually, they're they're the rising population. Uh, but that does not mean that you are not at an increased risk. Um, and so you just need to understand that you should be getting tested um, for the full litany. And there is a great list, um, but the most common ones, HIV, of course, at the very least every year. But, you know, if you're more sexually active, it should be every three months. And for some people, it should be even more frequently than that. Um, but also getting tested specifically for syphilis, um, hepatitis B and C, chlamydia, and gonorrhea. Um, and these can, um, these can easily be tested. There's also vaccinations for hepatitis um, and for HPV, uh, which you can consider getting. There's also PrEP, right, um, or PEP, depending on, um, you know, which one you're taking. Um, and also just your diet um, and smoking and drinking and drug use um, can be really important things to um, just sort of keep your eye on. Because those things are unhealthy. They cause you to be at risk for more health complications. They also can cause you to make poor decisions. Um, and so things like not wearing a condom uh, can become more common. Um, also from the Mayo Clinic, I really like um, 
just the the like the the honesty that they talk about things. So the CDC gets into the um, sort of more of the negative impact side. The Mayo Clinic, at least this article I find, gets more into the preventative side. So it talks about using a condom. It talks about how monogamy can actually reduce your risk. Um, it talks about, again, limiting the amount of alcohol, um, getting vaccinated, um, both you and your partner getting tested, using PrEP tackling depression, um, addressing any body image issues that you have, seeking help for your substance use, recognizing what domestic violence is. So I just, I like the Mayo Clinic one a little bit more because they get into the, um, they get out of the data and into the real life. So I think they're both really good resources to take a look at. Um, uh, So I would definitely check those out. Then there's um, a few other uh, articles. I'm not going to get into all of them, but they do give you good descriptions. Um, we'll put up one. Um, we'll put up all of these in the show notes. But there's some really good ones about the descriptions of um, STIs and STDs and what they look like, um, especially in, in gay men, but also in gay women. Um, so you can take a look at those and get um, just sort of uh, a better idea. There's a few in here I actually had never heard of. Um, so, so it's really good to check these out. Um, Shigella or Shigella. I'm not sure how you say it. Um, but it's a bacterial infection of the intestine causes diarrhea, stomach cramps. It's often mistaken for food poisoning. Um, it's usually, uh, passed via rimming, um, and also giving oral sex after anal sex. Um, yeah. And it's actually spread super easy. It takes a tiny amount um, and then you, you will have it and you can be infectious for up to a month, but it's simply treated with antibiotics. Wait, you said giving oral sex, a- giving oral sex after having anal sex, Oh, yeah. which is so interesting because that is like one of the number one things that happens in porn. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And rimming is very common. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they talk about like using latex or non-latex gloves um, for fingering, um, and you know how sexy. Uh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, but also just um, just changing condoms, washing your hands. You know, basic hygiene stuff can be really helpful. Sure. Um, one last thing I do want to touch on um, that I found to be really important was um, talking about LGBTQ inclusive sexual health and education. There's a ton of really great stuff out there that I had no idea existed. And it's actually classroom um, use from kindergarten to 12th grade, uh, which I think is really wonderful. So um, the um, great le- uh, the Gay Lesbian uh, Straight uh, Education Network, um, really wonderful um, program with lots of additional resources. The ones I really liked uh, was um, there's one called Sex Etc., um, and that's sexetc.org. And they actually have a really great, um, their, their website's really user-friendly. There's 400 different terms that they have um, that you can actually like sort and learn different sex terms. Um, and then there's also uh, another site um, that's on there that is uh, all about, it's called Rights, Respect, and Responsibility, a K-12 through sexual, sexuality education curriculum. And it's fully inclusive. Um, and it's created by advocates for youth. Um, so all these are actually youth driven about like, what was it you wished you could have learned and then science backing it up. Mm. Um, so it's really important stuff that I think, uh, could be helpful. What was your experience like in sex ed? I barely, I, I remember it in ninth grade Mm -hmm. and I remember it, it was like 
half a semester like it was a health class and then there was like sex ed for like half of the semester um and that was about and like i just remember it was like it was just educational in terms of like this is what a penis is this is how a penis inserts a vagina and this is what happens when you know a sperm comes out and goes into the vagina and fertilizes the eggs and blah 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 like just all of that so like that like it was like very general had you had sexual contact prior to your sex education no, mm. no. because that's such a late time nowadays ninth um, grade yeah yeah and actually research shows it was always a late time um yeah. and we're just talking about it more frequently and more honestly yeah mine was uh mine definitely came too late um and it was definitely heterosexual driven there was no um practical stuff so like i didn't actually have to put on a condom um which i think that should be some of your homework uh, and i can understand why that would be problematic but i do think it would be important to do not put it on a banana put it on your own penis like understand how that works also understanding the different types of options that are out there right so condoms and abstinence are not the only choices um, and what does that mean? And what really does that look like from a risk perspective? Because I wanted to try lots of things. Um, but if you had told me like what was safe and what wasn't, I would have made a more informed decision um, as opposed to doing what I ended up doing, which I'm just very lucky that I'm healthy and safe. Um, but it, I definitely didn't feel like it included any information that I really needed. It was much more about... Like you said, like these are your ducts, and these are how the ducts work, and these are the tubes, and these yeah. are how the tubes work. And it, it this is what it technical. looks like when a woman gives birth, which I do not know why they showed us that. And even as I say it, I remember the horrific image that they showed us. This is a video. It's not horrific. It's beautiful. No. And as we've covered before, anyone who says that is lying. It was horrific. This woman, her... Um, her perineum tore. Ooh. She definitely defecated. Oh. And there was a ton of blood. And they continued the full frontal close-up view as the afterbirth or placenta came That's out. insane. It, I could not believe they were able to it's show not necessary. it. It was nuts. I, yeah, no, see, we didn't get that in depth. And oh, then I remember it. my freshman year of college, we uh, participated in something in our residence hall, which was the Condom Olympics. Right. And essentially they taught you, it was like all about like teaching you how to properly use condoms and like kind of busting all of the myths behind condoms. Like, oh, uh, you know, uh, my penis is too big for a condom like there's no way that i'll be able to use condom and then they literally show you like what a condom can like wrap it it. like how big it can get and what it can wrap itself around like wrapping it on a banana like doing all of that so blowing a condom up like all like just a bunch of random kind of things about how like because some people are like i want to be extra safe so they put on two condoms and then how that actually like that friction actually will end up making the condoms break and then that's where pregnancy actually ends up happening because of people that like it was just really crazy but um we really wanted to talk about this just in terms of, again, you know, we're an, an old married couple um, and we do not necessarily like we're not out there having all of the fun that you singles uh, 
have the opportunity to have in terms of like oh i would say we're having all the fun we're just only having it with each uh, other correct right you know like i i know that we're living in a time where you know people are uh not committing to one another and and just out there and and there are so many tinder and grinder and bumble dates and things like that that just lead to sex and and you know just one-time experiences and things of that nature and it's great but at the end of the day it's really really important to take care of yourself and make sure that you are healthy. Um, one of the other things that the CDC said is that if you're smoking, don't smoke, um, because smoking actually uh, can give it increases your chance of getting heart disease, cancer, and stroke. Um, which is crazy. And then uh, if you have HIV, smoking also can weaken your immune system and can raise your chances of getting tuberculosis, mm-hmm. which is like insane. So those things are like really important too. And then if you are coupled and you are monogamous, um, it is not not okay to go get tested here and there. You may not necessarily need to be as regimented as I think some of these singles that are out here having sex with multiple partners are. Um, But, you know, every other year or so, you should probably check in, make sure everything is good, right? I think that those things are important. Yeah, I think actually this research has made me change what I do. And I think I'm going to go back to getting tested just because it really is good and smart. And you don't know, like there are other ways to get exposed to these things. I just got tested at my my last checkup. Mm. Because um, he asked me, he was like, should I go through it? I was like, whatever. It's like, you're you're down there. You may as well get it all taken care of. Like, you know, you're doing you're doing all the blood tests and stuff like that. You may as well. Um, but I think that that stuff is like super important. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's important. And not because I don't trust you or anything of that nature. This has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with just making sure that like. It's just smart and it's yeah, good health. We run risks every single day. Like every single time we go to bed with one another, like we run those risks. So it's important to like take care of ourselves. Totally. Well, and, and as I said, there are other ways of getting them. Like sexually, trans, sexual transmission is the most common way. But I mean, there was there was a hot tub that had to be shut down because a four-year-old got, uh, what was it, gonorrhea in her eye. Right. And it was from the hot tub. Somebody somebody with it had sex there. Apparently it wasn't when it was hot and the bubbles weren't running and the girl got in before the water got hot enough. And like they think that's what happened, Um, but they don't know. But, yeah, there's other reasons. So, you know, actually, I was going to say don't listen to us, but do listen to us because I I just changed my mind. And we're going to keep I'm going to start getting tested again. And you already were. Yeah. But I do think that it's important um, because like it's funny if you're very young, you may not appreciate this statement, um, but you know, your health is the most important thing that you have. And you don't really realize that until you lose it. Um, 100%. But when it's preventable to lose it, um, when you can live longer, uh, you should do everything you can to make that happen. Yeah. I And I'm, I'm going to, um, and I said I was going to, we were going to talk about this a little bit more. And, and I didn't necessarily do a good job this episode of like even uh, broaching this topic. But there was a story out of the UK of a guy, and I'm probably going to butcher the details, but apparently there was a guy that was partnered with his partner for the longest time, for a really long time. And they, th- one of the guys thought that he was be, like they were in a monogamous relationship. Come to find out his partner was having sex with a lot of different people, had contracted AIDS and then had ended up going through and, and passing AIDS along to his partner. Oh, he passed HIV to his partner. Passed, passed HIV mm-hmm. to his partner. Sorry. Um, and now there was this gigantic lawsuit because the original, the, the, you know, number one partner or whatever, 
um, was now held responsible for kind of almost homicidal mm-hmm. type situation because yeah, I forget what kind of negligence it is, but yeah, yeah and things of that nature. Yeah, so it was like this huge situation and things of that. So it's just super important to like, yes, your partner should be the twinkle of your eye, right? Like you should feel like you should or trust the them. And, of your thigh. Uh, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> um, and you should feel like you can trust them, but at the end of the day, like you never know what's yeah. going on. A very sweet man that I dated, the person he dated after me, gave him HIV, and wow. it was through that same scenario. And he did the lawsuit too. I don't know whatever became of the the lawsuit, but he definitely exposed my friend to it. That's crazy. Yeah, it it's happens. Insane. Yeah, it, it does happens. Happen. So, so your health is so important. Be safe. Have fun. Have all the fun. Get checked regularly. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back in just a bit. Hey, folks. It's your favorite hosts, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know. We know. It's a big ask, but... We need your help in getting the word out about the podcast, and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five-star rating. Then, write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know, in case you get writer's block. Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationships better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Shout out to the ladies of If These Ovaries Could Talk. Shout out to you for remembering the name. Yeah. (laughs) It did well this time, right? I remember the name again. It's because there's uh, if these. For whatever reason, I can't remember if these. But ovaries can talk. I I got that. (laughs) I got that down. But um, shout out to them because they gave us the idea to do this here topic that we're going to do today, um, which is the 36 questions that lead to love, Mm -hmm. which is great. This is an amazing article that was written back in January of 2015 by Daniel Jones. Um, And apparently, long story short, these 36 questions, if answered by two partners, are supposed to, by the end of it, Help us declare our love for one another and uh, just find a, a, a new a new level of, of love and appreciation for one another. So I'm very excited about doing that. And again, shout out to Jamie and Robin because they gave us the idea on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. So without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Again, these are supposed to, they're broken down by, what is it, three or three four sets? sets? Three okay. Sets three sets and uh, they're supposed to be a little bit more in depth as the questions progress so this is going to be very interesting i'm very excited yes and then we won't make you all sit through the last part of it which is where you have to sit and stare into each other's eyes for four minutes yeah we're not going to do that i mean you wouldn't really hear anything so we're not going to do that on air anyways right but we'll do it afterwards just to practice it okay anyways let's go set number one question one Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Is it anyone ever? I think so. Mm, maybe Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. What about you? That's an interesting answer. Um, for me, anyone that I could have as a dinner dinner guest, I would probably pick. Uh, I would probably pick Beyonce. Oh yeah, of course you would. Yeah, that's your Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Literally. same, same, except mine is Beyonce and yours is this Jesus you speak of. Um, awesome. Question number two: Would you like to be famous in what way? No. Okay. In no way. <laughs> okay. Great conversation. And you? Um, I would like to be famous, but for me, it's not an. It's not necessary to be famous so much as it is to be well known. I don't need to be. I don't, you don't want to be a superstar, but you want people to know your name and face. I, I want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just want to be able to, like, I want to be able to live a, 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 a little bit of normalcy, like, normalcy in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to, like, go to the dog park and not have people stop me. But I do want people to be like, oh, my God, I think that's the guy from. And it's, so in <laughs> what way? I would really like for this podcast to make us uh, famous in some capacity. Like, I would like for us to be the face of like healthy gay relationships and for people to um, have learned a lot from us and, and recognize us in that way. I think that's lovely. Yeah. Um, number three, but more before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? I can't think of a time that I've done that, but something tells me I may have, but I can't think of a specific time that I have. But if I was going to, it might be, to address an issue with someone and like just get my thoughts in order. That's the only time I could think that I would. You? I don't know that I rehearse a phone conversation, but I do check my tone hmm. and make sure that like I'm not coming. I like I, I like by humming bars and having headphones on. Well, no. <laughs> um, but like I'll like say like a simple like you know, hey, how's it going? Like just to make sure that like. Like if I'm like annoyed with someone and I know I have to make a phone call anyways, that I don't come off as annoyed, that I'm mm. coming off as like, you know, or something of that nature. Or like if I am upset about something, like I'm sad that like if I'm talking to someone, I don't appear as though I'm actually sad because mm-hmm. I don't want that, you know. But so I don't necessarily rehearse what I'm going to say, but I will check my tone. Um, number four, what would constitute a perfect day for you? Winning the lottery. No. <laughs> I mean, that sounds good to me. No, a perfect day for me? Um Waking up without an alarm, feeling well-rested and really comfortable, having breakfast in bed, mm, maybe like 75-degree weather, nice long walk, picnic in the park, uh, maybe going and seeing a movie, um, and another long walk, and then just some cuddling and maybe reading or watching a show. Hmm. So every day is a perfect day for me. <laughs> Sounds like it. You? So, um, uh, waking up in uh, a different city. My, my initial thought is Paris. Mm-hmm. But like waking up and um, just having like a, a really relaxing morning, to your point, no alarm. Um, but then waking up and just not feeling tired mm-hmm. and not feeling in pain. Mm-hmm. That would be really, really amazing. Um, being able to like go have breakfast at like a little bistro down the street or something of that nature, like just grabbing like a quick breakfast and then just doing a lot of really amazing sightseeing and shopping and experiencing and lunch at another restaurant and, you know, 
glasses of wine and just laughing and enjoying my day and enjoying the weather and 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 all of the the sights and the people and all of that great stuff and then having a really and then going back to the the apartment or house or whatever and um changing for like a really really like luxe dinner and going somewhere and having like a really fancy fun dinner and then like a nice little night out dancing Mm. like not long not late but just a nice like fun night dancing that would be a fun day for me that sounds like you yeah it would be great right um number five when did you last sing to yourself and to someone else i sing to myself almost every day so I don't, I'm not sure when the last time I did it was, but it happens pretty regularly. To someone else, I don't know. When's the last time you made fun of me for singing? <laughs> I, did, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were singing the other day on the couch to me, and I can't remember what song it was, but it was adorable. Mm-hmm. It was really fun because every once in a while, like you'll sing and actually get into it, mm-hmm. um, where you're like popping your head and like wagging your little butt, and it's kind of <laughs> cute. It makes me laugh. Um, when did I last sing to myself? Like every, uh, every single day, and to someone else every, every single, single day. day. Pick, uh, <laughs> pick a day. It gets happened because I live my life in a musical. I'm convinced you do. And you were literally singing while you were setting up the microphone. I was. I literally was. That's so funny. That's hysterical. Yeah. Um, number six. If you were able to live to the age of ninety and retain either the mind or body of a thirty-year-old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you want? I would say the body only because I think I'm going to maintain my mind regardless. And so like to have, and that's not the body because I want to physically appear attractive. It's because I want to be able to do things Mm -hmm. and to not be in pain. Mm -hmm. So I think that the debilitating thing uh, is what I would like to avoid. I've always said that like when I know I'm starting to like go like, and and in particular, my ability to function starts to go, I'm going to skydive and forget to open my parachute. (laughs) <laughs> you guys can't see my face but i'm pretty sure that was really morbid and kind of crazy no i'm gonna take control i'm just gonna do it myself <laughs> wow you for me i would want to take the body um and only because i would hope that over those 60 years of my life my mind is going to expand and mm-hmm. and i you know get more knowledge and, and more views of the world and and just more like I don't know that like my brain just swells up to the point where I just have so much information. So I would never want to just stay at 30, That's you know, a very interesting way of interpreting the question. That's a good point. Yeah, I would I would want to I would want to like have those experiences and that like that knowledge over those 60 years to be able to do it. But then you don't the, hear how smart my husband is. But then the body. Right. Because, again, not because I'm like vain and I want to be 30 forever, but because to your point, I don't want the pain or yeah all of that stuff incontinence in particular would be pretty crappy for (laughs) sure (laughs) all right number seven um do you have a secret hunch about how you will die that's hysterical yeah i think i just told you how i'm gonna die (laughs) well that's the hunch that you plan on doing Uh, yes yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. you um my i hope it's like in my sleep Mm -hmm. it would be great to just you know rest and sleep either that or like well i was gonna say in like a nice soothing bath like where i just want to be relaxed i just want to be relaxed and i just want it to like happen i don't want anything like crazy or too exciting (laughs) 
You want an exciting death? No. <laughs> name uh, number eight. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Hmm. You and I enjoy experiences. We enjoy good food. And we are caring people. Okay. You? Um, I would say laughter's mm-hmm. one. I think we both just really enjoy lightheartedness and laughter. Um, two, I think that you and I both strive for information. Mm-hmm. Like we really like knowing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and three, I would say that we um, have each other in common. Mm-hmm. Like we just... Uh, like we we have each other in common like the way that we care about each other is is very similar Hmm. number nine for what in your life do you feel most grateful you most grateful Mm -hmm. okay yep interesting you um i would say my resilience hmm I, I think that there's a lot that has happened, uh, some good, some bad, some crazy, some fun, some exciting, some, you know, all over the place. Uh, but for the most part, like I keep on ticking and I don't. And while I am affected by some of it, um, I will say that I'm not thoroughly affected by all of it. Yeah, you are tenacious and bounce back. Yeah. And I just enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Number 10, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Hmm. It's interesting. I want to say nothing, but I wouldn't mind if we had more money. Does mm. that answer the question? Yeah, I think that's a good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. our economics. That okay. would be okay. You? Um, I would have loved to have been raised in a house that, um embraced uh individuality and free thinking a little bit more Mm. i think that i grew up in a very strict and it's like a lot of black houses black Mm. like you know you're the child i'm the adult i know better you listen you know to what i say because what i say is law law (laughs) and you know i don't fault my mom and dad for that at all but i just wish that uh like my ability to be free thinking and things like that. I wish it could have been a little bit more, I don't know, embraced at a younger age. Cause who knows what I would have been able to accomplish had I not given it to myself when I finally moved out of the house, you know? Hmm. So I wonder, but, um, number 11, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. We're not going to do four minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, but just give me your, ele- your elevator pitch. Oh, there you go. Another yeah. shout out. Yeah. Um, so I was born to uh, a wonderful um, spiritual accountant of a mother and a brilliant and charming uh, engineer of a father. Um, and I had two older half-brothers, Adam and Andy, and then uh, an older full brother, Tom. And then later in life, uh, after my parents, so my parents separated when I was very young, um, we moved from New York to Florida. And later in life, my dad uh, remarried, and I have now another younger brother named Luke, who just went to college. 
um, and uh, lived in New York, then Florida, then North Carolina, then Georgia, then Denver or Colorado, I guess, if I should stick to the States, uh, and then Arizona, and then back to Florida, and now back to New York, but always in different parts of those states. Mm. Uh, I went to school in this beautiful little um, valley. Uh, it's called Cullowee in North Carolina. It actually um, means Valley of the Flowers. Um, and it was a beautiful school, and I started to get my degree in poetry, actually, um, and then transferred to Denver and uh, the University of Denver and then got two degrees one in poetry um, actually creative writing and then the other in psychology and then I've been working in the nonprofit sector ever since um, and about 10 years ago I met this goofy little guy um, and we became fast friends and fell in love and broke up several times and got back together several times and um, eventually he posed a question to me one day when he was out of town that made me realize that I had a bit of rectal cranial inversion and I pulled my head out of my butt and I asked him to marry me <laughs> and we've been having great adventures ever since hmm. fascinating mm -hmm. I left out the dog and the cat but you know <laughs> they exist they do tell me your life story um, in an elevator in an elevator uh, born in born in Las Vegas Nevada in May of 1984 to a man that immediately decided to join the Navy when he realized that he was getting ready to have a child and a mother who uh, was working in hotels um, alongside like her grandmother or her mother my grandmother uh, who had done that, you know, Vegas life, everyone kind of works in the casinos and does that stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so I was born then. Uh, my dad was in the Navy and got stationed in Oceanside, California. And we moved there when I was very, very young. Uh, I was uh, about one, two years old. And then they had my little brother, Troy. Um, and then my dad was in the Navy for a couple more years, but then ended up getting uh discharged because he got injured um and then we moved back to back to vegas and i essentially started like school there lived in vegas my entire life when i was 12 my mom and dad had my little sister stevie um and you know again went to middle school went to a performing arts high school called las vegas academy where i studied vocal performance there and uh did pretty well in school could have graduated my junior year, but of course my father, being who he is, would not allow it because he just thought I needed to take all the courses and get everything that I needed to, <laughs> to get out of that. Um, ended up going to school in Nevada, Reno, college in Nevada, Reno, for um, on a scholarship, which was great, part scholarship, Millennium Scholarship, which is essentially awarded to all Nevada residents. <laughs> um, studied elementary special education. Later, um, when, you know, I was done with school, they, um, I got, I was working at a clothing store in the mall there and, uh, they were like, Hey, do you want to become a manager? We're opening up a second location and, you know, you've been here for X amount of years and, you know, it just makes sense to have you here. You already know and understand everything. So I went into the management training program, which then, took me up and down all around Colorado and California and, and Utah and everything where I studied. Uh, I, I would say I got some of my best education just about people and running a business and 
uh, knowing all that great stuff. Then ended up managing uh, the store in Reno that I grew from. And then my mom and dad had moved to Atlanta and I wanted to be a little bit closer to them. So uh, an opportunity came for me to move to Florida, which was great for me because I was like closer to them because it was like an hour plane ride. But I was just far enough away to where they couldn't like pop by if they needed to. <laughs> so which was always exciting for me. Um, and then went to Florida, had like a year or two of my like, you know, I won't say crazy partying because I was never... I was a partier, but I wasn't like out there like dating or doing much of that. Like I, I did a little bit of it, but I wasn't like I wasn't a little thought at that time, which was great. But then um ended up meeting this fascinating guy after a, a pretty um, intense breakup. Met this fascinating guy online, thought he seemed like somebody that would be fun to hang out with because I wanted to like have more gays in my circle um went out for a couple of long island iced teas he got drunk and essentially confessed that he liked me and uh after a few breakups and (laughs) a move to vegas temporarily uh we both ended up moving to new york and uh started our careers here trying to like figure out and get our footing here in new york city it was super duper rough for the first couple of years Mm -hmm. Um, but we always had each other, which was the best part. And I think that that's one of the parts about our relationship that actually, um, I don't know, just makes me so much happier is because I think that all, like the rough times, like the hard times, the times where it seems like there's like no light at the end of the time, like we've been through that shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't always been super easy, um, but we've always come through on the other side much better and uh here we are now 10 years later three year almost three years worth of marriage uh great apartment in a great part of the city and uh dog and a cat that we adore and uh each other that was a long elevator ride it was a long elevator ride right <laughs> we were going to like the 400th floor yeah, I, th- I think you definitely did more than four minutes <laughs> yeah, for sure it's a good time indeed the next one is, um, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Can it be a superpower? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This would, uh, that is a very um, interesting question. I think for me, if it could be a superpower, I would, would want teleport. the ability to, to teleport. Yeah. Because I just think that that would be great. And just think about all the vacations we could have just by teleporting. And how much cheaper they would be. Hello? It's so good. What about you? You know what? You know what's really interesting about that is you could teleport there, go for the day, do whatever, then teleport back home and not have to pay for a hotel either. Exactly. <laughs> you would just have it's a very good time. Practical. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you wouldn't have to take time off work to do it either. No. You could do it every evening if no. you wanted. It'd be like Friday at six o'clock. Oh, I'm off work. Cool. I'm going to Paris for the weekend. Like, <laughs> just like go to Paris, you know, for the weekend and just be there. And then I would just teleport into hotel rooms that are empty in all of the hotels and never you have to steal pay. hotel rooms. You're terrible. Totally. You're terrible. So How would you fun. find out that they're not um, occupied? I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, of course, would shapeshift. I always thought that'd be the coolest ability to turn into something else. Yeah. It's just fun. Hmm. All right. Set two. If a crystal ball, question number 13, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future or anything else, what would you want to know? I wouldn't want to know anything. Hmm. I, I like 
the surprise. I like the experience. And I wouldn't want to, I don't know, I, I feel like knowing something could also potentially change it. Um, that whole, you know, Greek oracle paradox thing. Um, so I don't think I would want to know anything. Hmm. What about you? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I would want to know anything either, to mm. be completely honest with you. I like not knowing. Mm-hmm. I like the adventure. I like the fun. I like figuring it out. I like trying to create my own destiny. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would need to know anything. Yeah, I enjoy the act of discovering too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't need it. Mm. Number 14. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it? I would really enjoy singing lessons. <laughs> why haven't I done it? I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done it. I just think that would be a fun thing to be able to control my voice and, you know, sing well. Hmm. Cute. Yeah. You? I would really like to own a business. Mm. Why haven't you? Um, one, I like my career right now way too much mm-hmm. to like not be able to do it too financially. We just can't afford to like go out on a whim on something of that nature. Mm. Um, so it's been a little challenging, but. Yeah, that's what I would really like to do. Number 15, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? This relationship. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Yeah, it's been a lot of hard work. It's been it's taken dedication. It's taken humility. It's taken admitting things about myself that maybe I don't like um, or that don't cast the happiest of lights and facing them and growing from it. Um, but also just like learning how to invest in us and like how to live for us instead of for me. And, um, yeah, this, this relationship, hmm. you, um, getting married, hmm. honestly, uh, it was never something I wanted to do. It, it's never, it was never really something that I cared about. Um, and I just never envisioned it for myself. Um, and then I met you and then it became a little bit more real, um, but at the same time, it was still never just like necessary until the reality of it came about where I was like, no, I, I literally I want it and I want it with him. Hmm. And then once that happened um, and then we went through and did it, it was just I don't know. It was just that amazing gathering of like all the hard work hmm. that you and I had put into the relationship, all of the ups all of the many downs, you know, all of the everything the in betweens, the laughter, the crying, the the sanity, the the yelling, the chaos, everything, the different states, the the different being like to know that none of that shit mattered because like this day was like our day and this is like the first day of the rest of our lives, not to sound so cliche, but like this is like the first day of our future. Mm. It was just really cool to me. Hmm. It was just really amazing. That's nice. Yeah, it just made me feel, and it made me feel really accomplished. Um, number 16, what do you value most in a friendship? Conversation. Con- connection through word. 
I, I would say. Um, I, I can, my greatest friends are the ones where I can just go anywhere with them and it's the talking that, um, that happens. Like, um, part of the reason why, uh, like say Amy and I, like when we go out, part of the reason why it takes us so long is because we're literally just hanging around and talking, uh, mm. for long periods of time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I like that with all of my friends, including you, it doesn't matter where we go or what we do. I just like the connection. Mm. You? Um, availability and access. Mm. I like, cause I, I, I have a lot of really great people that make up, you know, my friendships. Um, and I think each person kind of brings a little bit something different. You know, I do have the friends that I can do deep conversation with. I do have the friends that I could do great drinking with. I do have friends that I can talk about fashion with, you know, I have like, I have all of those pockets. I have the people that I can just like sit in my underwear and like hang out and like watch TV and like do nothing with like, I have those friends, but for me, it's the access and availability of those people, mm. like being able to know that I can call them and reach them at any time mm. and and know that they're there and know that and have them know that I'm there as well is mm. really important to me. Mm. Um, number 17, what is your most treasured memory? Most treasured. I remember the first time I ever felt spiritually connected to everything was standing on a bridge on a beach. Um, I guess it was more like a boardwalk um, on a beach. And I was with my mother and she was trying to explain to me that like everything has an attraction a voice, a spirit and that you can connect to it. Um, and, and she asked me like, what if I could make anything happen in the world right now, what would I do? And I said, I would, I would see a dolphin. And she like just had me be present and look at the water. And I'm not kidding you. Like 30 seconds later, a dolphin jumped in front of me. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I, it just, it w had such a profound effect on me and it's still part of the basic mechanics of who I am. Mm. What about you? Um, I was very, very close to my sister mm -hmm. when she was born that like she quickly turned into my like daughter daughter <laughs> like just my like I like I just everything about her was just so important to me and just we were just inseparable and um when she started preschool for the first time we all my mom my brother and I dropped her off at preschool for the very first day and um we like walked her in and I was holding her hand and walked her in and um they said, you know, all right, Stevie, you know, we'll see you later. And she turned and looked and she said, is Marco going to stay with me? <laughs> and everyone was like, no, baby, you have to do this by yourself. And she didn't cry and she wasn't upset, but she was visibly deflated. Mm. Um, but it was so treasured. Um, I don't know. It, I Like, I treasure it because that memory is kind of what our whole relationship is right there. It's just that like her knowing that she or feeling as though that she could always like have me, you know, mm -hmm. like she's going to preschool. I'm like 15 years old, 16 years old. And the only thing that she cared about was whether or not I was going to be at preschool with her. <laughs> and I just thought it was like so sweet. And just adorable. Love it. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Number 18, what is your most terrible memory? Oh, the death of my mother. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That that moment uh, 
like just a piece of me died and a piece of my identity was like lost forever. And I, I have never felt more alone or directionless um, or hurt in all my life. Yeah. Mm. That's truly terrible. Yeah. I can only imagine you. Um, my most terrible memory. Um, I, I would have to say, uh, the move to Vegas from Florida when you and I split. Hmm. Yeah, that was like a really painful one for me. It was hard. Yeah. It was really, really sad. And just to know that I was like driving away from, uh, like I was going for something good, right? Like this new adventure in life. But to know that like, I don't know, you and I had been together for like three years before that, four years. Mm -hmm. And I was like leaving that. Like it just felt like it felt like, um, what like was I making the right decision? Hmm. Now I know it was the right decision, right? Because everything turned out the way it did, and and everything is great. But back then it didn't feel like the right decision. But I knew I couldn't stay in Florida forever. That I wasn't going to accomplish what I needed to if I would stay in Florida. But then at the same time, I just I like leaving was just hard. Leaving you was just really really hard because I was like I it was just frightening for me. Yeah. Uh, number 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? The only thing that I would change is so I have a, a pretty clear two and five year you know trajectory that I'm trying to work on. And obviously that would change if I only had a year to live. So I wouldn't be worrying about. Uh, the last little bit of paying things off so that we can start a family. I would instead blow a bunch of money traveling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because, you know, th- there's no need to do without if I'm going to be without. <laughs> so right. uh, that's the only thing I would change. Everything else would stay the same. Hmm. You? Yeah, I would. Um, I would. I I would probably like go move to Concord and try to like spend as much time as I possibly could uh, with Jade. Mm. Because yeah, our yeah, our niece. If I knew that I was leaving in a year, and I would I would want to try to, uh, uh, you know, assuming you and I aren't together, but even if assuming that we are together or whatever, I would just want to make sure that um, she could remember me. And so I would want to spend as much time with her as I possibly could so that that could be possible, like that could happen. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Number 20. What does friendship mean to you? Friendship means everything to me. Um, I value my friends like they're my blood um, because they they have seen me through hard times. They have raised me in ways. They've given me opportunities to share with them. Um, to me, it's about knowing each other and shaping each other and accepting each other for who you are um, and just letting you walk your path but spending time together doing that and making it just that much richer Hmm. you i mean friendship means everything before i met you i just thought that i would forever have friends and they would be my life and everything would be fine with that um so it's just really important to me to have Uh, People that know me and know the real me and uh, accept the real me and uh, want to be in my life in in a a great capacity. Hmm. Um, 
Number 21, what roles do love and affection play in your life? They're the most important ones, I would think, Um, especially the affection piece. I'm a very affectionate person. Um, I love hugs. I love holding hands, Um, you know, uh, so they're very important to me. And love is not just the love that I have with you. It's the love that I have for my family. It's the love that I have for my friends. It's the love that I have for myself. It's the love that I have for all life um, in the universe. Like, so it's, it's the space I live in the most. There are times when I come out of that space uh, for negative reasons, but I try to just exist in that space as often as possible. Hmm. Just being in love and, and existing and being present and having great affection for other people and, and, you know, the animals and the plants and the air and like just everything. What about you? Um, I love love. Mm-hmm. I love the concept of love. Mm-hmm. I like being in love. I like knowing that I am loved. I don't, it's funny because as I say that, I don't know that I like seek love because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I got to live my life for me. So I don't, I, I, I try not to live my life for other people's vision of me mm-hmm. or view of me. So like, if you love me, then great. Like we're, you know, things are fine. But if you don't love me, then great. Like I'm still going to continue being me and doing what I need to do, um, which is, is fine. So I don't. I don't know that I need lo- I love love. I love the concept of love. Like I said, I like being in love. Um, it's one of my greatest accomplishments is is the love that you and I share for one another. Um, the love that I have for my brother and my sister, my mom and my dad, you know, my niece, like all of that stuff is really important to me. But at the end of the day, I, um, you know, it's interesting. Affection is really t- difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not an overly affectionate person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because when i do want affection i i want it like it it, it, i need it in that moment uh but for the most part like affection doesn't like run my life Mm. like i don't need it i like holding hands i like cuddling up i enjoy kissing but like i don't need to be like i don't know i like i know you love me and um you know being you know it for me it feels like smothering sometimes but for me like i don't for me it's not important to have like physical touch all the time for me to know that you love me Mm. like i I know like i know it and i know it in other ways and the relationship that's not the only one that i need it's interesting um number 22 alternate sharing alternate i'm sorry sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner share a total of five items a positive characteristic um you have a great attitude you always um are level-headed you see things like 360 and decide to take the positive out of them Hmm. Hmm. you are an incredibly intelligent human being you research (laughs) it's very important like you take knowledge very seriously Hmm. and i really really respect it you um have a very kind heart Uh, you are always thinking about others um and you are very selfless Hmm. You are a bleeding heart (laughs) where I lack 
um, where I lack in logic, you make up for in caring Mm. and, and actually like really, really feeling Mm. like you're a very empathetic person, Mm. which I really enjoy. Um, and it is definitely something that I myself like strive to accomplish Mm. in my day to day life. You, uh, you have a way of looking at things that I never could. Um, you, you can remove yourself entirely from a situation and and deconstruct it in a way that just makes it, um, tolerable, Hmm. not personal. So kind of the opposite of what you just said about me, um, where you can, you can think your way through a situation, but you do it in a really smart way um, that I I admire. Hmm. Um, another characteristic of you. Um, you don't take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Life is short in your eyes and we don't have very much, you know, time to be, bogged down by stupidity and chaos and bad news and and all that stuff so you just kind of go through life um laughing and enjoying it and and stopping and taking a moment and recognizing and feeling and it's really um i don't know it's really it's fun to watch um you have a very strong work ethic Um, you take your work seriously and you're dedicated to it and you will do whatever it takes to get the job done well. Hmm. You, um, love hard. Mm -hmm. You love very hard. Like you, you kind of love with your whole being, which is really, really cool. Um, your love is very conditionless, Hmm. which is great. Um, and you, um, I don't know, you, you strive to be a good person and, 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 uh, someone that is deserving of equal love. Hmm. Is that all five? I think that's four. That's four. Okay. You have, uh, the best smile on the planet. (laughs) Is that a characteristic? Um, it's, yeah, it is. It's a positive characteristic about you. You have okay. a, gr- a great smile, uh, an infectious laugh, um, and, <laughs> uh, and a charming personality. Mm. I'm going to throw three in there. Well, there you have it. <laughs> um, a characteristic, a fifth characteristic of you. Um, you really, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Like this family, like what we've created is really important to you and you're trying to do any and everything that you can to possibly hang on to it. Like you try really, really, really hard every single day to be the husband that I need, the husband that you know that you can be, the doggy daddy that you can be, the cat daddy, (laughs) that sounds funny, that you can be. Um, you try really, really hard to make this family, this life that we're building together, um, exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm. And I really respect it. 
Thanks. Mm-hmm. Love. Um, number 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? My family is close and warm. Um, very much so. Um, on my father's side. Um, yeah, that's and that's that's Italian for you. I mean, that's what we are. Um, do I feel my childhood was happier than most other people's? No, I don't. But was I happy? Yeah, I was. I was. We had some tough things that we had to face. We had a lot of, we had a lot of trauma in my family, and there was violence, and it wasn't. And there was drugs, and you know, and it just wasn't always the best situations. But I was happy. Hmm. You? Uh, my family is very close and warm. Um, I think that I mean you see it all the time. We like talk to each other ridiculously, like consistently calling and every day. Yeah, and then I think that we do a great job of inviting others into the family and being a part of it. Like there's hardly ever any um, pushback on, you know, who's going to be a, a part of the family or, you know, who comes over and things of that nature. It's really great. Um, do I feel like my childhood was happier than most other people's? Yeah, I do. I, I think would agree. Yeah, I think I had a, a really great childhood. My mom and dad worked really hard to make sure that we wanted for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And I don't take any of that. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, I do know that. So, yeah. Number 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? It was and is the best relationship. Sounds like it was. Mm-hmm. You? Um, it's a tough comment. I love my mom. I think that my mom is one of the best people that I know. I think that she is smart. I think she's funny. I think she works hard. I think that her family is a little, what is it? South of crazy. (laughs) And I think that she is deeply affected by all of it. And um, sometimes those learned behaviors that she has from her family um, is really exhausting for me. And it kind of, you know, when you have, uh, it it triggers my mental health is what it really mm-hmm. does. It really, it just, it's like, there's just a lot of chaos that goes on there that is just not healthy for me to be a part of. And so I separate myself from it because I can only take it in, in certain doses before I find it really being bothersome. Mm. So I, I have to disconnect to be able to make myself feel sane. But I do, I love my mom. I love her. I think she's a great person. And I just, I like I said, I just need to not be pushed into all of the chaos that becomes the stuff that happens, you know, with her family. Hmm. So... All right, set three. This is the home stretch. Question number 25. Um, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling blank. We are very excited to go to the movies in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> is that a true statement? It's a totally true statement. Okay. We're going to go see It Chapter 2, y'all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your turn. Um... We 
are trying to be the best us that we can be. Mm-hmm. We are crazy in love with each other. <laughs> we are in the best position that we've been in the entire time that we've ever that we've been together. That is a very true statement. We are truly fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to call it. We are. Mm-hmm. We are Hmm. We are truly in love. Mm-hmm. Was that said? That wasn't said already. I mean, I said you we're said crazy, crazy in love. love but yeah, we're tr- we are, and what I mean by that, like we are constantly striving to harness that love as well. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share. The lottery I just won. <laughs> you are hell-bent on winning the lottery. I, I am, and I don't even play. Um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share um, my lush inner world. I have a, a, like, I'm always fantasizing. Like, I'm always off on some other planet where, like, physics is completely different. Or I'm always, like, daydreaming and imagining, like, tons of impossible things. Um, and it's it's crazy. Like, so if you were, when you were a kid, they had this little thing on the, uh, it's kind of like a merry-go-round, but it's, like, someone just pushes you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And like there's these bars that come off and everyone stands and holds onto a bar and someone runs around the side and spins Mm -hmm. in a circle. And my what I've said is my brain. So like in each of those spots where there's a kid standing is like a whole world happening. And there's like 40 of those rotating on a 90 degree axis. And there's another one rotating on a 45 degree axis. And there's another one rotating. And it's just like this constant rotation. And it's always happening. And it's always like fully realized. And it's always in depth with tons of characters and lots of different history and activity. And it's happening all at once. And I'm usually paying attention to several at a time. But I'm also like shifting my focus to different ones. And that as crazy as that sounds is as crazy as it is. And there's never been anyone that I could like share that with. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know anyone else whose brain does that. <laughs> Not that is, you know, out of a hospital. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You? Um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share um, my positive outlook. Hmm. I feel sometimes I feel alone in that. Like I sometimes I feel like I'm the only person that's like thinking positively about things. I think people all around me all the time are crying that the sky is falling. Mm. And I'm like just trying to like be happy. (laughs) (laughs) And so it, it gets really exhausting sometimes because I just want to be happy and want to share like happy with other people. There was only one other person that I know that was always positive and and happy, and that was Mora. Mm-hmm. I knew that's what you were going to say. And I loved it, and um, and I just wanted 
I just want it all the time. Mm. Uh, number 27. If you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. We already are close friends. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any other way to answer that. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I think for me, what would be important for you to know is that I'm always going to be, um, happy. I'm going to try to be happy (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Um, and then from that, like, just be prepared to hear things that you're not going to want to hear all the time. (laughs) Because I'm also very blunt in all my happiness. Yes, you are. Happily blunt. Mm Mm-hmm. Number 28, tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Again, I, I think I think for me, I mean, I understand why this is happening, but I think for me, we were very honest. Um, and I could tell you all the things I like about you, and I, that could take all day, but we're already running way over time, so. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, yeah, okay. That's, I mean, so we're not going to answer that one? I think we. I think we did and have, I think. And I think our listeners know how much we enjoy each other. So (laughs) share with your partner. Number 29, share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh, I know you know the one I'm thinking of. (laughs) You mean when we first met? We're not going to. I know that one. We're not going to share that. that You know what's funny about it, though, is it wasn't embarrassing. (laughs) But it kind of was at the same time. It had the potential to be the most embarrassing thing. And I was like, you know what? If he if he can't jive with this, then whatever. It's not yeah. meant to be. Oh my god! <laughs> if you guys want to know, you have to DM us so yeah. that we could tell you yeah. that story. <laughs> um, an embarrassing moment in my life. I don't. I don't know. I don't really embarrass very easily. I mean, I could I could list a few for you if you want. Embarrassing for me? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Splitting your pants. That wasn't embarrassing. No? No, I wasn't embarrassed. I was more like annoyed because I was like, <laughs> shit, I have to like go back home and change my pants now. But like, that's not embarrassing for me. It's like, you're, not, you're not embarrassed all those times you trip? No, I'm never embarrassed. <laughs> I'm annoyed because you're like laughing instead of figuring <laughs> out whether funny. or not I'm like, okay. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> you don't know that because sometimes it hurts. But no, I'm not embarrassed by it. It's whatever. That's like yeah. the reality. That's life. Um, number 30, when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? The last time I cried in front of another person was with you. Whenever that was. Okay. Yeah. Imagine we were sharing something or watching something sappy and I was moved. Uh, and by myself, um, I honestly don't remember the last time I cried by myself, but it was probably under similar circumstances. Like there's movies that I like to watch that move me. Um, and stories that I read. Um, it's been a while though. Probably the last time I stayed home sick. I have mm. a tendency to do that too. When I'm sick, I cry. <laughs> Boy, do you? I do. You? I cannot think of the last time I cried in front of somebody. I think the last time I cried in front of somebody was had to have been my grandmother's funeral. Mm. But I didn't even cry at her funeral. Hmm. I, I didn't cry at her funeral. I cried before that. I definitely remember crying in the office in front of all of my employees. Mm. My coworkers and stuff. I remember you cried um, during the rape kit scene on Grey's Anatomy. That was, yeah, that was a sad one. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, there you go. And then by myself, oh, Lord knows when the last time I cried by myself. <laughs> I just don't cry. 
Number 31, tell your partner something that you like about them already. So this is, again, this is for like falling in love for the first time. This is like beginning Mm. sort of stuff. So again, I like your shirt. (laughs) Oh, my solid black shirt. Cool. Thank you. Um, Okay. Number 32, what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Not a damn thing. (laughs) I mean, I think there are a lot of things that are serious to be too serious to be joked about. I think racism is too serious to be joked about. I think. How many times have you laughed at jokes that are about how stupid racism is, though? How stupid racism mm-hmm. is? That's fine, but I don't think that, like, racism is funny. Okay. Yeah, like... But is it is it something that cannot be joked about? I don't... I don't know. That's mm-hmm. an interesting question. Um, Something that's too serious to be joked about. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Hmm. Um, number 33, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? And why haven't you told them yet? There's nothing. There's nothing. I don't think I would regret. I That's one thing I've, I've always said is I try to live my life without having regrets. Same. And I try to tell people, like I try to mean what I say and say what I mean. So... I mean, there's things that I would want to say more, like to tell people how much they mean to me. I would want to do that more, but I wouldn't regret how much I had done or not done that. Yeah, I can't think of anything that I would like have not said to anybody. Um, Yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, Yeah, I can't think of anything. Hmm. Anyways, number 34, your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? I think it would probably be our photo album. What photo album? The one that sits right up there. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because it's got like, you know, my life and our life in it. And that's something that I would not be able to replace. Pretty much everything else. Meh. That's what I've yeah. You? I have a box of um like letters and um just memories and pictures and knickknacks and things that you and I have um accrued over the years and I would definitely want to snag that. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. I still think I would grab the photos before I would grab because I have one of those boxes too and yeah. I still think I would grab the photos before that because the cards and, and the memories and the and the playbills and all those things and uh, tickets and receipts of stuff like yeah that's really important and those are great memories but I still think I would want the pictures mm, I would probably grab my phone <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you already had it yeah. number 35 of all the people in your family whose death would you find most disturbing and why Oh, that's a really weird one. Disturbing. I don't know what that means. Disturbing. I... Hmm. I don't know how to answer this one. I mean, I would probably... I don't know. I mm, I don't know how much I want to I know exactly say. what you're... And I'm thinking the same thing. I don't know how much I want to say on air. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a family member that is... Uh, an alcohol abuser. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. And I would 
probably find this person's death disturbing only because I can only imagine that it is going to be in like some pretty bad circumstances Mm. and affect the family and affect a lot of a lot of people. And so I yeah, I just yeah, that would that would be yeah, I don't I'm not superstitious, but I don't want to say it. Um but it is the youngest person in our family. Hmm, interesting. Mhm. Okay. Last one. Number 36. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Hmm. A personal problem and ask your advice. So I uh, would really like to go back to school. Um, and um, my, you, <laughs> you and I have a plan uh, around children and this would affect it. What do you think I should do? Have the conversation with me. <laughs> um, I just think that at the end of the, it, it, I, I can only assume that this partner that you're speaking <laughs> of uh, is pretty open-minded and pretty flexible either way. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think it's have the conversation. I think that you would be surprised at level-headed how level-headed somebody can be mm. if you just lay out the facts and talk about things in a very methodical way um because you know i think it would be worth noting that your uh partner uh wants the best for you and if the best for you is getting your education and that throws the timeline off of other things i think he's okay with that Mm. now you have to reflect how you think i'm feeling how do you think you're feeling how do i think you're feeling about the problem yeah uh, I don't know. I'm actually shocked to hear uh, that you brought that up. So I think, I mean, it sounds like you're very conflicted because, you know, there's an element of you that wants to have kids, but then there's an element of you that wants to further your career. Um, so I think that you feel conflicted about it. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I think it would be super challenging for you. Hmm. Now you. Mm. I, the only the only problem that I can think of is I I I real I'm trying to I'm sorry I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I really want to to stop being so affected by things. Hmm. I find myself reacting to a lot of things a lot of things regarding you Mm -hmm. a lot of things regarding you know my work life my family life stuff like that things like really get to me and I have like very strong reactions to things mostly uh not pleasant reactions (laughs) (laughs) and I really want to do better I'm trying to lead with like happiness is my like theme for the year is try to lead with happiness instead of, you know, anger and things like that. But it's, it's really, really challenging and I don't know how to do it. I think it's, I think it's great that you are 
putting your mind to that. Um, I think that you, while, while it's great to try to lead with positivity, um, as you say, uh, I also think that that's not working for you. Um, and that rather than resisting what's happening, you should roll with what's happening. So you react, okay, let yourself react and take time for that reaction and feel it and sit with it and name it, but don't act on it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I tell people like there's, n there's no situation in the world that is so important that you can't take one breath. Mm. And so you can, you can take a breath, you can take a moment, you can name those feelings, you can walk away from the situation, you can have your time with it and not need to share that with other people. And I think that's, I think that's the learned behavior going back to what you were saying about your mom and your family. I think that's the learned behavior you got is there's this, there's this assumption that that should be shared with someone and it may need to sometimes be shared, but not every time you can have that privately to yourself, that feeling, that reaction, that negativity, um, and then decide um, if you uh, still need to say it to someone or if there's a more constructive way to go about it. Hmm. And I know I don't even have to hear how conflicted you are right now about this because I know you've been struggling with it for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely can reflect that. Hmm. And there you have it. Do you feel more in love? I do. I do. I feel like there were moments. There were a lot of things that you said that uh, were very sweet, and and I don't know that I knew them, mm. and so it was really really nice to experience it. Mm. I enjoyed it too. I started playing footsie with you a little bit at the parts where I was feeling very affectionately connected. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I even let you be affectionate towards me too. Good thing I was sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Yeah, we are going to take a short break. We're first going to stare at each other uh, for four minutes. That'll be interesting. Um, but uh, we're going to take a short break and then stare at each other for four minutes. So we'll see you guys a little later. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. No. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us and tell Marco what a terrible accent that Just was. Just a hating ass <laughs> You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any situations or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode. Tony and I will harass your ears next week. And remember to go out there and get yourself some of that good shit.